0: Is Tevin Coleman the new Devontae Freeman in Atlanta? Is Vance McDonald for real this season? And can Josh Doxon be started as soon as this weekend? Plus, week one football guys' players' championship leader Austin Martin joins us to talk about his draft philosophy on stacking running backs and receivers early at the expense of tight ends, as well as what players he's invested in the most in 2016. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around, your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We run
1: a brand with a structure for number one commitment. It's all a joke between mom contractions and coffee
0: Thank you very much, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you balkaholics and and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll talk about how Russell Wilson's health is going to affect the rest of the Seahawks offense this weekend, whether we are worried about Todd Gurley, Tavon Austin, the rest of the Rams, plus much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you guys and gals might have in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzak. Uh, actually, um, Tonight's guest, uh, Austin Martin, is going to drop by in just a few minutes, and we're going to talk to him uh, about the 49ers offense. We're going to talk about how he constructed his team. We're going to talk about uh, his philosophy on stacking running backs and receivers. And as an aside, you can actually also follow him on Twitter at AustinRMartin84. So that is going to be very exciting. That's coming up. In about 13 minutes, here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football or Facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer is where you can connect with us on Twitter. If you want to chime in and talk with us tonight, give us a call at 347 426 3682. That's 347 Game Oba. Of course, High Stakes at gmail.com is always the email address that you can uh, send your uh, emails to. And We'll uh, get to those later on in the show after our uh, producer and uh, mutual friend Rob. Uh, as well as our audio engineer, Bryce, get those questions to us. Uh, That is all coming up in Fantasy Feedback later on in the show. So do a little news at the top. We're going to talk to Austin Martin after that, and then we'll answer your emails, and that will be your uh, show tonight. I appreciate all of you listening live. I know we normally do not record on Thursday. Uh, I actually have a commitment uh, tomorrow night, uh, so I am uh, going to be unavailable Friday. One of my former uh, podcast host, uh, co-host that I did for uh, my Just Another Epic Monday podcast. He's actually getting married tomorrow, so I am going to celebrate with him and his bride-to-be. So that is going to be very exciting tomorrow. That's why we're doing the show tonight. And I know it's very exciting uh, to do a show while there's an NFL game going on, but hopefully you tuned in now that it is halftime. Jets leading the Bills 22 10. Everybody uh, who uh, took advantage of Quincy and Nunwa on waivers this past week in the FFPC and uh, started him. Maybe you had uh, a Keenan Allen catastrophe and you had to start a Nunwa. He's got five for 90 in the first half. Clearly the stud. So far in the Thursday night game. Uh, so, very exciting tonight because this is the first show uh, that we've done since the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, really. Uh, that was back in late uh, August. It has been uh, three long weeks off. Uh, we were handling the Football Guys Draftathon the week after the KFFSC. Of course, we were in Vegas last week and we are back tonight. The Vegas events were uh, a huge success. I want to thank everybody who not only drafted with us live but helped sell out the Football Guys Players Championship, helped sell out the FFPC main event. It was awesome meeting so many of you in Vegas uh, or seeing you again, if if I have met before. Uh, and it was uh, very cool uh, uh, seeing uh, so many new faces uh, drafting live out there. That was a, a great event at the Westgate. They put on a fantastic uh, program for us. The the food was excellent. The drinks are fantastic. The company uh, was obviously the best. So very exciting to be back with you tonight. But seriously, a sincere thank you from us and from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and from the uh, Fantasy Football Players Championship. Also, a bit of news tonight. Many of you who are wondering why uh, we have been uh, scheduling breaks into the show. And that is because uh, we can uh, now announce this. We are live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can go to fantasysportsnetwork.com slash radio. Our show is actually going to be on there. You can listen to it on demand. Otherwise, we always air live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network at noon Eastern on Saturdays. So you can check that out. You can also download the Fantasy Sports Radio app and listen to us that way as well. So very cool that we're on there. Uh, There's not a a whole lot of uh, third-party um, podcasts and, and shows on there, so it's awesome to be part of that. And want to thank everybody there uh, for bringing us aboard. We are excited to move there moving forward. I also want to thank Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown tonight. Uh, there is actually a, a bit of a printer snafu in the studio, so we're going to be green tonight, and we're going to do the show digitally. No paper rundown. No paper emails. Everything is going to be digital. We're excited as, as excited as you are. Hopefully, you won't even be able to tell as we move forward on the show tonight. So uh, kicking things off, uh, let's talk about a guy that I actually ended up drafting a lot in Kentucky and have on some of my other teams, and that's Demarius Thomas. He was uh, limited in practice uh, on Wednesday. This is according to denverbroncos.com. He has a hip issue, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, according to the uh, uh, practice reports from the beat Beatwriters, Thomas actually looked pretty sore on the field. Uh, he, uh, according to Gary Kubiak, um, who, is, who is, I don't want to say positive as a press conference or negative, but definitely closer to the negative side than positive. Uh, Denver does expect Thomas to play. I mean, obviously, since he's practicing this week, uh, it, it's a good sign that the hip injury is not going to be serious. Uh, but maybe Emmanuel Sanders plays a bigger role in Denver on Sunday against uh, a Colt secondary that is, let's just say, less than stellar. Uh, so maybe it's a big Sanders day. I think, Dave Gerzak, it is going to be tough he drafted Demarius Thomas or bought him in an auction, it's going to be tough to find a better option than Demarius Thomas this Sunday, even with the bad hip. He might have to, Bucky. He might not make it. I think there's a chance he's a scratch. So if you – now let me just check here. I, I I believe that is a noon game. I have that, I have that open here, Denver and Indianapolis. Uh, no, that is a late game. So that's even more fuel to the fire of sitting Demarius. I think you – unless you have like – you know, you picked up Benny Fowler or somebody like that uh, for Denver, you need to make other options at this point because he's probably not going to be playing. Well, I mean, you can't take the chance with a late game that he misses. Usually you get that news report between, between 11 and
1: 12 central. That kind of gives you a good hint. Like there's some sort of news report that'll give us more info box. Okay.
0: So obviously stay glued to the, uh, to the newswire on Sunday mornings, but, uh, we're, we're obviously not very bullish on Demarius Thomas' prospects. And, again, even if he does play. He could be a de- decoy. I
1: think th- he to be a decoy.
0: He could be a decoy. There's a higher risk of re-injury. That's a possibility as well. Uh, good things for Virgil Green, Dave. If you uh, have him and maybe you have Zach Ertz, who is not going to be playing this week, Virgil Green is a nice guy to stick in there as your starting tight end against Indianapolis this week. Maybe he's the first or second option for um, uh, Trevor Simeon. Yeah, and Emmanuel Sanders, I think will get a bunch more targets. These are obvious things, of course. but Right. Obviously, Emmanuel Sanders is going to uh, have <laughs> a good day. But
1: did you say – did, uh, you didn't tell everybody I was going to be late? No, no. No did, one noticed? You did, just
0: did, spoiled you, did, it. Did, did you guys notice? Yeah. Well, I'm sure they did. They're like, where's the dizzle? Where's my dizzle? No dizzle in my ears." Uh, Sorry yeah. I was late. No, it's fine. We were, we were all good. And, and listen, point of reference – Thank you for uh, doing the show on a Thursday night. I know normally uh, we don't do the show on Thursday. I appreciate you accommodating my schedule today. Well,
1: usually I have I go to like the Hindu temple and I'm doing all sorts of rituals on Thursday night. Right. Yeah, I know. So took tonight off. Yeah, it's cool. Were they okay?
0: Yeah, are they, you know, there, I mean, are they wondering yeah, where they where you were. A little disappointed because I oh. usually
1: sit in the front row middle, but uh, yeah, whatever. You know, They can deal with it. They can just say a
0: few of the prayers and uh, we'll be all good. Uh, Devontae Freeman may or may not be all good for this uh, Sunday's game. He was limited again in practice uh, yesterday. This is according to AtlantaFalcons.com. Tevin Coleman actually had a pretty solid week one, Dave, uh, and it could be more of a timeshare in uh, in the Atlanta backfield with uh, Freeman and Coleman. Atlanta going to Oakland to face the Oakland football Raiders this week. I, this is probably a de- um, more of a detriment and telling you how bad my backfield is in one of the Kentucky leagues. Well, but here, I, keep... I'm actually starting Kevin Coleman this week ahead of Frank Gore and Justin Forsett. Yeah, Gore is a tough matchup. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sit Gore anywhere I can. Yeah. And, unfortunately, Denders.
1: we have uh, Gore in a lot of leagues in Kentucky.
0: As always, <laughs> sort of, that's uh, our thing. That's what we do <laughs> in uh, Kentucky is we draft Frank Gore. Only when he was on Indy. I don't feel like we draft. Well, I guess we drafted him a few times. Uh, when he was on uh, San Francisco yeah, Kurt, as well and I wanted the E thanks to Frank Gore so you think a 50-50 split is accurate with, with Freeman and Coleman obviously if you win Coleman you're hoping that Freeman is out this week
1: yeah I mean they, you know the, te- the team has been talking about it all preseason and uh, it sounds like if, that's, if that, that's what they did week one you know I think that's definitely possible
0: I still like, I still like Freeman better I mean I, just, I don't know Coleman definitely has increased his pass-catching chops this year. Freeman's still the same player he was last year, but he's already dinged up. And this is a player that slowed down because he had some nagging injuries uh, the second half of last season. He's always hurt. So now you're uh, sort of experiencing the bad Freeman to start off the season, which is never a good thing. But I think if you have Freeman, you probably invested a second-round pick, at the worst a third-round pick in Freeman this year, maybe a first-round pick in some drafts. Very tough to sit him this week uh, when you have uh, so much invested into Freeman. I would agree, Balkian. Okay, I'm, not, I'm not probably sitting him. How's the, how the game looking, by the way? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Do we
1: have an update on the score
0: here? Sure, it's 20-10 to 10 at the half. The Jets oh. are winning. Ryan Fitzpatrick is already over 200 yards passing. Marshall's
1: got a to touchdown. Marshall actually Jeffrey left.
0: To I didn't see this, but Marshall left with an awful knee injury. He got pulled down by his face mask. Oh,
1: really? Damn.
0: Uh, yeah, and I guess it, the knee extended in a really bad way. Uh, he came back a series later. He's at three for 73, I want to say. Quincy Anunua, five for 90 in the first half. Wow. Yeah. We're going to get him in Dynasty. Matt Forte with the touchdown and the Bills touchdown. Uh, I had this up. Tyrod Taylor threw it to uh, Marquise Goodwin. One for 84 yards for Marquise Goodwin. <laughs> so the track star making good. I'm assuming did, it was did a. Sammy Wadfoy? Yes, two for 20 right now for Sammy Watkins. So he is active. Charles Clay was also active. All right. Charles Clay Off with speed now. very Charles Clay in, four catches for 16 yards. What a turd. Okay, so that's your Charles Clay analysis tonight. Let's give you some <laughs> Russell Wilson analysis. He has a bum ankle, but he actually participated in practice yesterday, this according to Pete Carroll. Ankle injury doesn't appear to be a massive deal, but uh, Wilson, after he heard it last week, was not the Russell Wilson we were used to seeing down the stretch last season when he was flat-out crushing defenses. Uh, he's on the road against the JV squad known as the Los Angeles Rams this week, so <laughs> you're probably still playing him. If you drafted him as a, as a top-four quarterback, uh, it'd be very, very tough to sit him this week. But what does it do for the rest of the Seattle offense? Are you, are you damping down your expectations for Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, uh, the backfield, uh, or is that just a little bit overrated at this point?
1: I mean, it's one game. I think people just overreact to one game. I mean, the Rams, I mean, they're still talking about giving Fisher uh, an extension. You know it I mean? sounds like that's going to happen, by the way, and the GM. Which, whatever. I mean, good, good for him. He's got a fantastic agent. You know, it's one, it's one game. So, I mean, the Rams are probably going to play better. Uh, they're not going to suck probably as much. Right. They'll probably still
0: get blown out. But, I mean, they looked really bad against San Francisco. Who is really bad? Well, how do we know? Valkyrie, well, San Francisco could be awesome. Maybe they are awesome this year. They certainly looked awesome last week. That was a very difficult game to watch uh, on Monday Night Football. with, And, you know, if you can even call it a game, whatever it was, uh, the Rams looked absolutely terrible. Well, it was quite Jared,
1: a night for us. It was a lot of fun.
0: It was a lot of fun for us uh, watching it out in uh, Las Vegas. We had a blast. The uh, interesting thing with uh, the Rams this week, poor quarterback play from Case Keenum. Jared Goff could be the backup this week. So apparently he's shown enough in practice. To oh, be upgraded to the backup. What a bust! Yeah, that's the Rams' offense is just looking bad in general. Yes, it is. Um, in fact, let's. Um, but that's no surprise. I mean, everybody knew that they were gonna have
1: they had a tough schedule, and here's another one of their tough games coming up. Everyone thought this you know the San Fran game was gonna be one of the easy games,
0: and that that wasn't the case. So. It gets worse. It, does, it worse. does get worse. We actually have an email coming up about the Rams offense, specifically about Todd Gurley and Tavon Austin. So we'll come back to that and talk a little bit more about the Rams. But as far as the Seahawks go, you're not worried about Baldwin, Lockett, whatever. With Bo- Wilson as a bum ankle, fine. If he's out there throwing to him, those guys are going to be fine. Start them as you normally would. As you normally would. I mean, again, I'm a little concerned about Lockett getting a ton of targets, but that was a concern heading into the season. Think about the game script, too. Could be a big Rawls-Michaels game. Uh, Rawls-Michael game. Or Lynch. Or Lynch. Who knows? <laughs> Kurt Warner. He's back. Yeah. Sean Alexander, maybe he comes out and plays. I haven't heard anything new about the Lynch rumors, but uh, that's interesting. Doug Peterson yeah. says uh, he plans to to feed Ryan Matthews the ball, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer and Daily News. Uh, he wants to give Ryan Matthews the ball because it is how the offense goes. Ryan Matthews had 22 carries in week one against Cleveland. Now, the interesting thing here, too, is, Dave, if, if you draft Ryan Matthews, you're thrilled with the 22 carries. But you're also thinking, man, I, I just might have a finite amount of games where I can start Ryan Matthews this <laughs> year if this is the workload they're going to give him. What how are you many, rooting for? How many yards did he have for one? Uh, uh, I don't seven. think he was – he wasn't over 100, but I know he I, – I should have that in front of me. Um, he wasn't over 100, but it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like a three yards per carry type afternoon for him. So right, right. he obviously did something with him. He looked good. If you drafted him the seventh or eighth round and you plugged him in as your second running back, you were um, – satisfied with that performance uh the concern here is the workload and I think maybe now is the time you go out and especially when you your backfield looks lean in those bye weeks Kenyon Barner Darren Sproles if they're out there uh, Sproles I don't know how how often he's out there but Barner could be out there he yeah, Barner is a big drop it seemed like in a lot of leagues this week okay. people who uh, picked him up late uh, assuming Matthews obviously would get hurt week one uh, and he didn't, but uh, Barner's out there. I think that th- these are guys that you should go ahead go ahead and add at this point if they are out there because uh, Ryan Matthews' winter is coming. <laughs> we uh, we have uh, Austin Martin coming up, the Football Guys Players Championship leader just uh, ahead of uh, the, or just after the break. But one thing I want to bring up before we get to that, uh, Sammy Watkins. Uh, we we already mentioned tonight. He's at two for twenty at the half, week one, four catches, forty three yards. We heard the news from Manish Mehta that. He could be shut down because of soreness in his foot, something that's not going to get better until he rests it. Ian Rappaport kind of threw cold water on that report saying, look, he's not going to miss any time. But the fact that there is smoke out there right now with Watkins, I think that this is an issue that you need to seriously consider, that the Bills may just shut him down for a random two or three weeks, get that foot healthy as much as possible. Now, if that is the case, uh, or if it's a possibility, which I'm saying it is, you need to look at how the Bills' offense changes uh, at that point. Now, if Charles Clay's out there, obviously you're going to grab him. He's got the most catches at the half tonight for Bills. What are you looking at as far as Marquise Goodwin or Greg Salas go, guys who are the number three and four receivers in Buffalo right now? Do they uh, – are they worth picking up if the news comes out that Watkins is shut down and one of those guys is starting for Buffalo?
1: Man, that's so tough. I mean, Goodwin's just going to always be this big burner.
0: I don't I – don't, I mean, there's got to be someone that's got
1: to do something, right? I mean, Woods, I guess, is he? I mean, he's been drafted in a lot of spots. He was drafted
0: in a lot of spots, yeah. So
1: I don't, I don't know. I mean, he was a big sleeper receiver this year, which I, I, I don't get that. There, I think Woods is just not that talented, and he's proven it over his shortish career. But he's had enough time to prove it, and he just is not that good. Well, I will say this: uh, he's six foot one ninety and he just runs around. Doesn't I, do jack.
0: You know what? What? Yes, I will say I read at least. I think it was just two. I shouldn't say it, at least. I think it was two different stories on RotoViz about underrated receivers based upon, like, tar. I can't remember what the metric was, if it was target share or something like that last year. And one of the names that came up in both these reports is Robert Woods. Well, they should throw that metric away. Well, maybe, they, right. sh- maybe they should. But I'm just saying that's a big reason why he was drafted, you know, in 16th, 17th, 18th rounds this year uh, with the FFPC. I saw it a lot, and he's a guy Did he, that – Is he playing tonight? Because he's wait, not, he, he got a zero, he's not showing up in the box score. Well, okay, can... so I mean that's that's. I mean, granted, whatever.
1: I mean, again, it's not a high volume passing offense as far as the number of attempts. Taylor's had two huge completions for two touchdowns. It looks like right one to Salas, one to Goodwin. Okay, so, so the Salas one must
0: have just happened. Twenty-one or twenty-seven touchdowns. Oh, 2023. 20 Bills. Okay, so they must have scored two touchdowns here in the second half, then. Must have. All right. Must of. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to do it. Must. That is this. That is going to do it for the fantasy flash, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the Football Guys Players Championship leader, Austin Martin, coming up right after this. You're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The HSFF Hour is back. I'm Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzek. And now it is time to bring in tonight's guest. Very excited. Uh, to bring him aboard, ladies and gentlemen, he is a self-described small fish in a big pond in the land of 10,000 lakes. That's Minnesota, Dave. Oh,
2: really?
0: Yes.
1: They have a lot of lakes there, huh? They
0: do have a lot of lakes, 10,000 of them. Learn something new every day, Valky. Well, he's trying to flex his fantasy football <laughs> IQ. He's had multiple top three finishes in the National Fantasy Football Championship Including the NFFC Online and Cutline Championship in 2014. He joins us tonight because he is the current leader in the FFPC Football Guys Players Championship, a mere 15 weeks away from a $250,000 grand prize. Yes, exactly. Please welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Austin Martin. Austin, good to have you aboard, man. Thanks for doing the show tonight. How are you?
2: Doing well. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me.
0: You know, I'm glad that it was Buffalo and New York playing tonight because had your beloved Vikings been playing on Thursday night football, I don't think you would have been so eager to join us on a Thursday night.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. But uh, if I looked up and saw 200 yards passing for Tyrod, two touchdowns, and we got two for 20 out of Sammy, I'd be a little surprised to hear that was the case. So here we are.
0: Here we are indeed. Let's,
2: I uh, want to talk to you about fantasy
0: football. Obviously, anybody who can be ahead of, you know, nearly 7,000 teams uh, in any week in the Football Guys Players Championship is certainly a guy that we can glean some fantasy knowledge from. But before we get to that, tell us what you do for a living when you are not leading the Football Guys Players Championship, Austin.
2: Uh, I actually sell multifunction office copiers for Metro Sales. Uh, Puerto Rico's largest dealer in the country. So if you need copiers or printers, I'm your guy.
1: What do those things go for? I mean like the big dogs, the ones that like the big corporations buy. What's the most expensive thing you sell?
2: Oh, we we sell printers that are upwards of a 200000 dollars.
1: So what does that give you get you like fifteen black and whites per minute? <laughs>
2: Uh, okay. I'll tell you
1: this. <laughs> and ha- it has, I bet it has a scanner built. Palky, that thing's got everything. It's got the
0: scanner, yes. The fax, yes. Uh, everything, and it, I'll, t- internet, I'll tell you this, hey, Austin. Whatever you could have done tonight, I, I, uh, I should have had you just rush a printer over to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour studios <laughs> because we certainly could have used one tonight. Uh, so forgive us if we are no not, kidding. we are, if we are not on our game interviewing you tonight. Uh, because our printer, uh, well, we're going to be in the market for a new one. So Sam, so just... brother well, printers I'll make sure
2: get in touch with you before you have to print the show.
0: See, Paul, we shouldn't have brought bought brother. Well, so, you know, listen. Terrible. If there's one thing I've learned, it's that I consistently make mistakes doing this show. So <laughs> let's just add it to the bunch. So uh, let's get
1: into football a little bit. a big week one for you means you're atop the FPC leaderboard. Congrats on that. Give us your initial thoughts on this specific team's potential for dominance after you finished drafting it.
2: Well, this draft was actually August 10th, uh, right before the preseason started. So uh, basically drafting here based on, you know, thoughts that we've gathered and what we think of these teams before we've actually seen them play. So, um, I was happy with how the draft went. Uh, A month later, looking back at the draft board, you know, I I see things I would have maybe done a little bit differently in some cases, you know, having more information. But uh, overall, I was pretty happy with this team uh, at the end of the draft.
0: You know, you look at it, too. I mean, it was uh, from top to bottom, it, it is a solid squad. Uh, Austin, the one guy I want to uh, first talk to you uh, about is is sort of a polarizing figure in fantasy circles. Again, um, pretty much he's been one for his entire career, and that's Carlos Hyde. This is the second straight year that in week one he looked fantastic, and you got him as your fifth-round pick. Now, I want to find out from you with the questions uh, regarding how good Hyde can be in a brand-new offense. Granted, he played in a similar one at Ohio State but a brand-new offense in of the NFL this year for him, not a lot of playmakers around him, having to play tough defenses like the Rams, like the Seahawks, like the Cardinals in the division. Why did you decide to make Carlos Hyde your number two running back in this specific draft?
2: Well, I think the concerns that you bring up are, are valid. And when I was looking at Carlos Hyde and I'm looking at him as a guy where I got him in the fifth round in this draft, I'm really looking at uh, talent and opportunity. And this was before we've actually even seen the team on the field. Now, as the summer moved along and we actually got to see the Niners' offense, um, I have to say, I mean, I, I think everyone had reason uh, and cause for concern. So there, there certainly uh, is a downside and you know, not to mention the injury history, but uh, I think the upside is certainly there as far as having the opportunity, having the talent, if things break right for him, what's his ceiling?
0: Let me ask you a, a follow up question on on Carlos Hyde. When we talk about players like Hyde that maybe are ha, have a lot of uh, a lack of talent around them, uh, in other words, there's not a lot of other proven fantasy guys around Hyde in that offense that can take touches and targets and plays away from Hyde. But there's also not a lack or there's also a lack of talent that can take uh, pressure off of them that can take attention away from Hyde. How do you, uh, I mean, like what's the, what's the measurement? How do you sort of like know when it's a good thing that he doesn't have a lot of talent or it's a bad thing that he doesn't have a lot of talent around him. And and let's use Hyde uh, as an example here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I the first name that came to mind when you say that is a guy like Gurley, you know, just looking at the week one performance. But as far as Hyde is concerned, uh, with Chip Kelly coming into town, the number of snaps that the Niners offense is going to run uh, increases tremendously. So just the sheer volume of opportunities, assuming he stays on the field, uh, it is a tough spot as far as gauging uh, uh where is the expected return uh, shift uh, but i look at uh, how many opportunities are going to have you know the niners is they're going to they're going to produce some offense and it's got to go somewhere so you look around the receiving core is uh Torrey smith we know we know what tory smith is um far as other receiving options, Vance McDonald, Quentin Patton. Now you got Jeremy Curley. I mean, these aren't these aren't inspiring names. So um, it is a concern with the offense producing numbers overall. But uh, I think Hyde will get his share of the touches to produce fantasy value, even if the team is terrible.
1: So you didn't draft a tight end or quarterback until round eight in this draft you give us your uh, general philosophy on stacking running backs and receivers early ahead of the other positions in football guys drafts? In other words, do you do this all the time, some of the time, or it just kind of worked out in this particular one?
2: Yeah, I, with the starting lineup, uh, having the two receivers, two running backs, and two flex positions, when I'm looking to try and field a team that can win an overall title like we are here in, in the football guys contests, I need difference makers, um, guys that can put up a 30, 40 points game and put you over the top. And to me, uh, when I look at the player pool, uh, more often than not, those are going to be the wide receivers. Um, the league has changed, and when I approach these drafts, as much as possible, I was trying to attack the wide receiver position early and often. It didn't always work out that way depending on the draft position, and every draft is different. Uh, But I wanted to load up and fill those positions. Uh, It's a long season. We know that injuries are going to happen. Um, Sometimes you're not going to be able to avoid that, but um, having enough skilled position players to field out a team and knowing you only need one quarterback and one tight end – I sat back in this draft and was able to get Drew Brees in the eighth round. I mean, you can't do much better than that. <laughs>
0: Indeed, my friend. We are talking to Austin Martin, the week one leader of the 2016 Football Guys Players Championship. Uh, Austin, one of the toughest things to pin down over the last, well, maybe half decade, or you can really even make the case for the last decade, is who is going to produce in the Patriots offense. Everybody knows uh, New England has an elite offense led by Tom Brady. uh, Playing uh, running back relax over the years with New England Patriots running backs has usually been a losing proposition. And then, you know, you have Gronk as the premium option in that offense, but you usually have to invest the first-round pick in him. The rest of the guys there, with maybe the exception of Julian Edelman, they go all over the board. Two of the guys that you got in this draft, Chris Hogan and then you got Danny Amendola late. So like sort of a, a power play on collecting two pieces of that offense. Maybe hopefully one of them pans out, maybe, uh, you know, in, in a perfect world, both of them pan out, but let's talk about this Hogan Amendola pairing that you made in this draft. What sorts of results do you expect to see from that specific investment this season?
2: Yeah, well, you kind of said it. Um, that, that's exactly the thought process there. In fact, right there in the fourth round, Uh, You'll see Edelman went right one pick before me So uh, if he was there I would have grabbed him in that spot uh, For sure having started with A.J. Cooks and Landry Um, But being that as it may Him going one pick before me I felt real good about My top three receivers there And so I'm just really trying to Fill that fourth receiver slot And obviously uh, Edelman is in and out with injuries That's no secret Um, But if you go back a couple years, Amendola was the guy that was brought in for that job before Julian Edelman really became Julian Edelman. So um, looking at Hogan and Amendola, I'm really not in a perfect world going to want to have both those guys in my lineup. Uh, I'm really just trying to fill that fourth wide receiver slot.
0: Yeah, I remember, too, on the show that, um, that Dave and I actually talked about when Amendola was a free agent uh, leaving uh, the St. Louis at the time, Rams. Uh, we talked about, can you even imagine with him and Tom Brady together in New England, the the potential that it would happen? And then we talked about what round he would be going in drafts, and certainly uh, he did go high in drafts, uh, never really lived up to it. And a big part of that is because Julian Edelman has emerged as the number one receiver in that offense. Austin, you were in a bunch of Football Guys Players Championships this year. One of the the things I always like to ask players who play in multiple leagues like you do is um, how do you keep from drafting the same players over and over again and having a heavy investment in them, or is that something you embrace? Is that something you're trying to do? And then if you could tell us uh, a few of the guys that you were invested in most this year uh, as the season rolls on that you're depending upon uh, for the most production in 2016.
2: Yeah, it's it's a, a fine balance between uh, getting all in on a guy and spreading it out a little bit. Um, I had guys that I really wanted to target and get as often as I could. Um, and every draft is different. So sometimes a guy is going to fall and sometimes he's not. And when you're drafting two months before the season, uh, a month before the season, or uh, a couple days after the season has started, uh, those boards are all going to look differently. So um, I'm trying to get as many of certain guys as I, as I can. Uh, I'll reach uh, on certain guys, a half around, around if you have to, you know, depending on that what point you are in the draft. Um, but one guy, for example, that I'm real heavily invested in, probably, I'm um, just looking at it here, Uh, The highest ownership of any receiver I have is Mike Evans, and I've got him in about 30% of my leagues and was able to get him anywhere from right about the 1-2 turn to uh, sometimes later in the second round. By the time the start of the season had rolled around, he was a first-round pick. So um, reaching for a guy like that later in the draft, really just means you're not going to be pairing them up with a guy like ADA green julio jones deandre hopkins uh something like that so you have to approach those drafts a little bit differently
0: austin martin the football guys players championship week one leader joining the high stakes fantasy football hour we're going to take a quick break but we'll be right after this and more austin martin talk a little vance mcdonald you are listening to the hsff hour on the fantasy sports radio network I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzek, and we are the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Here, interviewing Austin Martin, the Week One leader of the Football Guys Players Championship. Balky, yes. Aren't you going to do one of the cool come back to the? Well, that, like the like just a transition back from. Yeah, right.
1: I want the exciting one. Can try let's, to get. Let's Balky, let's do right, this again.
0: All right, let's do it in three, two. One. Hang on for a second. Right, just hang, hang on. on. There we go. Hang, oh, on. hang on. All right, three, two. <laughs> and we're back. Eric Bach, but Dave Gurr like like, that's fantasy football. I we're talking to Austin Martin from the Football Guys Players Championship top of the leaderboard here after week one. Oh, so much better? Yeah, okay. that's how the pros More do. More energy. Awesome. I like it. Yeah. You know, we, we need to get through Friday. This is a springboard to the weekend. I need to add the pep. OK, Woo, here we go. It. Now we're talking. Take two. Let's talk Vance McDonald, Austin. Was he the most underrated tight end in FPC drafts this year? He, he climbed up draft boards the last few weeks, especially at the FFPC main events. Uh, with, with the uh, drafts I saw in Las Vegas. He was climbing up the board more so than he was going, uh, you know, in, even in mid-August, late August. Uh, you got him at a pretty cheap price in this specific draft here that has you sitting at the top of the FPC Uh, Where do you think he ends up finishing among tight ends at the end of the 2016 season?
2: Well, I think as the preseason rang along, his value just continued to increase. Um, And, and ultimately even when Bruce Ellington went down, that just opened up more touches for him. So um, he did shoot up. Uh, Realistically looking at the tight end pool, I don't really expect much more than a low end tight low end, tight end one, um, high end two. I mean, if he can finish in the, uh, overall tight end 10, 12 range, I think you have to be pretty happy with that. Um, with a little bit of room for him upside from there. But, um, if you're expecting anything more uh, out of him than that, I think you might be, uh, being a little bit uh, greedy there, but, uh, I think you should produce for value.
0: I remember back when Vance McDonald was a rookie in the NFL, and uh, you know, former, you? yeah, they do. Former, uh, I don't remember co-host of the show and my, my Vance McDonald. No, 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 no. Uh, my my dy- my former Dynasty partner, now my Dynasty adversary, Fred Osmond. When we co-owned a league and a, a league that you participated in, a team in that league, we ended up taking Vance McDonald in the third round. And I said. Vernon Davis is getting a little older. This, seem, this guy seems like he's got the chops, low-risk investment. And now here we are, four, whatever it was, four or five years later. And you guys still, finally it's paying off for you guys. No, he did not make it through the <laughs> season with us. We had some injuries, so we ended up having to cut him. So you passed on. You got rid of him like 36 months ago. And now I'm eating crow. Finally. Yeah. He's, just, like, a, he's like a wine vulture. It he, took a little while. Well, yeah, and I just do not have the patience for fine wine and dynasty. <laughs> I am uh, strictly a, a beer man. Hey, which, by the way, now that I uh, think of this, I, I was at the grocery store tonight with my wife and kids, and, you know, they have... Uh, the Do you gr- take
1: your kids in the liquor department? Enough?
0: Interesting you bring that up, Dave. Because, I like your
1: Austin's take on this. Because episode. well, well I don't if he has kids, yet. it's
0: yeah, it's not really a, a controversial thing. But you know, they have those mini shopping carts there at yeah. festival, and you, so um, he's putting the maraschino cherries no, in there. The well, olives, no, 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 the Bloody my, Mary mix. My my um, my daughter. This is the first time that she had one because he had one, so he had, and my daughter. She uh, can walk now. Yeah, she uh, she's <laughs> one, and my my son just turned three. So then uh, we, they, he's just pushing his cart past the produce into the liquor section. And he's like, hey, uh. hey Daddy, you need some beer? Like, <laughs> is what, and, and that, but now here's the thing. He was, he, was, he was pointing to the wine bottles when he said it. So I'm like, I, maybe at home I'm drinking 40s all the time that he's confusing the two. Come, let me teach you a lesson. So, so then my wife is, is like, well, I'm going to go sh- start shopping and, uh, and you, should, you should take a picture of this, them pushing their carts down the wine aisle. I'm like, yeah, it's not a bad idea. So I get my phone out. They're, they both take off. And they they're, they can't push it straight, so they're slamming into these wine bottles. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and like I'm like, so I'm sprinting down the aisle to catch up to them. Long story short, I never got the photo of them. And then I came out to the produce section, and my wife says, hey, was that bottle clean? Did that have anything to do with our kids? I'm like, it had absolutely everything to do with our kids. <laughs> you that was they, them. No, nothing got – no, they hit them. Nothing got smashed. <laughs> nothing spilled. It was uh, – just a harrowing – because, I mean, what do you do then if they do smash wine bottles and your kids – Just take are, off. Get oh, into the other part of the store. Just leave the kids there? No, no. You take the kids. You oh. just leave the car. Okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> Austin, is that <laughs> what you – Yeah, what wait, do you do? Would you have done that in the situation? Just grab the kids, leave the spilled glass and, <laughs> and wine all over?
2: Yeah, probably. you, you got to bail. I,
1: I don't feel bad then. All right. Let's, There's no expensive wine at the grocery store you shop at. Luckily, that is
0: true. You're in good shape. Well, actually, I mean, like, like 25 bucks. No, but no, well, the stuff at the, I told you about the how I mistakenly bought that one bottle there that one time no. that I didn't look at the price and I just I'm like oh this, I, this it looks was, cool. It was highly rated. It had the high. It was like a yeah. 98 or whatever. And then I was checking out like okay 64.99. I'm like whoa okay that was one of the higher end bottles there. <laughs> but they but they put those up high enough where yeah. you know so whatever. Very good. Let's ask Austin Any a more question questions? about fantasy football Fine. rather than my kids back smashing wine. Uh, Austin, first email tonight is from Phil in Portland, Oregon. He writes, Regretful Jamal Charles owner here. I did get Spencer Ware, but with how successful he was in week one, I'm worried that there will be a 50-50 committee when Charles comes back or a one-third, one-third, one-third split if you include West. If wow. either scenario happens... Will I be able to feel good about starting any Chiefs running back? That is Phil in Portland. Oregon, Phil, we certainly appreciate the email, and I sympathize with your plight. I don't. I don't
1: okay, appreciate the email.
0: On. I also don't sympathize with his plight. Okay, Look, I'll let Austin answer. First. Hold on. Before we get Austin's answer on this, Austin, I'll let you think about this for a second.
1: You got 32 points in week one. What is he complaining about?
0: Because when Jamal Charles comes back, then you have to wonder. Like, you want it. If you own Charles, you should be rooting for where to suck. So that when Charles comes back, there is no controversy. Now, where we're sitting with Jeff well, Tiraboschi, well, watching it, the games, and he kept—he was just raving about Spencer Ware and how good he looked. In fact, I think he said he looked like Marshall Falk. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's what he said. So then he's—you know—we're watching. Ware looks just fantastic and now. You're ruining the, the you, it. Well, okay, Austin, I've just said my answer. I'm worried about it as <laughs> I own Charles and Ware in at least two leagues. I don't know if you are in, the, in a similar scenario, but when Charles comes back. What are you doing with those Chiefs running backs?
2: Yeah, I, I think you got to be concerned. Um, I I do have a little bit of Charles, and I've got some wear as well, and I have some teams where I own both. But um, so I'm kind of dealing with with each scenario, and you, you kind of you play the cards you're dealt in that scenario. But ultimately, if, if Charles does come back and he's Jamal Charles. He's going to get his touches and he's going to be involved enough in the passing game that you, you just got to roll him out there. Um, where, if he's going to be involved, I think that Kansas City is one of those backfields where, like Tennessee, they're going to run the ball enough that where it could be effective. But if Charles is on the field, I don't think that Spencer Ware is going to win you an overall title. Um, I just, he doesn't he doesn't have the physical gifts that Jamal Charles does. So, and he's, he's certainly not as gifted catching the ball out of the backfield. Um, that's, that's not a question. So, um, I think you really have to deal with that on case by case basis.
0: Dave, your, your opinion on, uh, when, when Charles comes back, How let, me, you, let uh, me rewrite this
1: email. The email should say, ah, oh, blessed Jamal Charles owner here. Phil, Phil,
0: I apologize in advance.
1: I mean, I got Spencer Ware. I mean, the other owners in my league screwed up and let me get him when I got Charles. Then I started him in week one. I popped off a 33, man. It's amazing. Luckily for me now, if Charles comes back, I'm going to have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. And also, Ware has now emerged over uh, Sharkhandrick West, so I know for sure that Charles is out for a lengthy period of time. I have a stud RB1 at the worst high-end RB2 on my team. I don't really have any questions, but hey, man, I rock and roll. Thank you. Have a good one. Phil
0: in Portland, Oregon. Let me give you some week one trivia here, Dave. (laughs) What do you think? I thought that was a good question. That's not bad, actually. You should uh, send an email to the show. Not sometime. bad. <laughs> um, 71 offensive snaps to the Chiefs in week one. Yep. Guess how many snaps uh, Spencer Ware played of those 71? Well, 50. Correct answer is 34. Whoa! Guess how many snaps Sharkandrick West played of those 71? 36. 34. <laughs> they each played 34 snaps. we completely I'll produce Kendrick West, obviously. So he is the man.
1: When you use like the little road of his or the number fire, they're like right.
0: points per snap or whatever metric they're using. Yeah. So there you go. we crushed it. That's a metric they shouldn't throw away. They should keep that one. That one's a keeper. Just like this email from Jeff in Avon, Colorado, he writes, hello, Austin, with Sam Bradford, uh, Bradford set to take over in mini, who do you think the targets are going to be tossed to? Nice job in week one. That is Jeff. In Avon, Colorado, Bradford uh, Mike McCarthy came out and said this week that he expects to be facing Sam Bradford and not Sean Hill on Sunday night football. I guess the the gist of this question is how do the how do the values of the Vikings receivers like Diggs and, and Charles Johnson. Um, and even Kyle Rudolph to a certain extent. How did they change with Sam Bradford in there rather than Teddy Bridgewater? Your thoughts uh, on this, Austin, as uh, you you are in Minnesota, so perhaps you can give us the inside slant on
2: this. Well, I, th- I th- actually think that Rudolph is going to probably benefit most from this. Um, with the quarterback just getting familiar with the system, I tend to think he's going to lean on Rudolph a little bit more. Um digs with all of his underneath routes, he he's running a lot of those same types of routes that Jordan Matthews is running in Philly. So I think he's a he's a similar type of player. Um I think that he'll be in a position to succeed and uh catching those short under the middle routes where he can, you know, get that get those yards after catch and uh and make a play once he has the ball in his hands. Um Beyond that, um, you know, I don't know that uh, Charles Johnson is going to be of much use unless there's an injury, um, or unless Treadwell really fails to come on as the season moves on.
1: Treadwell, Walkie well, we know our buddy it. Leroy drafted him all over Kentucky.
0: The we Leroy. ripped on him the entire time. Yeah. We've been ripping on him ever since. The real Leroy loved Laquan Treadwell. Maybe uh, maybe he's the type of guy that comes on in yep. the second half of the season, but uh, clearly behind in the pecking order. If you have Minnesota a chance to right check right out oh, the picture of God. Sean Hill on the RotoWire website, it's uh, something to behold.
1: He looks Just like, he's, like he's looking he's, up like, That is
0: not a flattering picture. What the hell is Hill. going on? Not a flattering picture for a man who's not enjoyed a very like flattering 32% career. 32% body fat, looking straight up in no, the that, sky. That's not very good at all. Uh, Dave, normally I would uh, just let you enjoy Sean Hill's photo, but I know how much you love asking this final question uh, for Austin tonight. So go ahead.
1: All right, Austin, we need some uh, we need some good stuff here. Give us a guy that not a lot of people will be starting this week that you think will outperform expectations, and then a player that everyone thinks uh, is going to have a rocking week and uh, is going to disappoint instead.
2: Oh, well, um, guys that are probably going to outperform expectations. Uh, having a tough time with this question, thinking about it from both a daily perspective but also a season-long being here in Minnesota. I think a guy that people will be off on daily will be AP, and I have to think that he's going to show up with a big game here uh, with the first game uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium. So I'd be looking at AP. I think another guy more under the radar that might not be in people's starting lineups here depending on how you built your team, of course. Um, Rashad Jennings in New York, I think that game script is going to be in his favor. Um, I think that the Giants are probably going to be leading that game, and in any case, I think he's going to be involved, um, whether they're trailing or ahead. So I think, I think that he's a little more under the radar. Uh, unfortunately, I think, my guy Carlos Haidt is in a little bit of a, a tough spot this week. Um I'm not saying I'll be benching him or taking on my lineups, but I think uh, we should probably be tempering expectations a little bit with him this week. And uh on the game script side I think a guy like Theo Riddick, um you can't you can't expect what we got out of Theo Riddick every week, but um Detroit should be in a position to probably be leading that game this week, which is going to limit uh, Riddick's involvement there in the passing game.
0: Say so this is about Rashad Jennings too. I'm actually playing him in a couple of spots uh, in uh, in the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Uh, Matthew Barry on the on the ESPN uh, Fantasy Focus podcast summed it up pretty pretty well. Um, uh, I think it was today's show, today or yesterday. He said, "Look." You're calling him. Yeah. He said, "Look, t- talent." Has never been a question with Rashad Jennings. Uh, Opportunity, when when the Giants are trotting out Andre Williams as their backup running back, not anymore, obviously, he's on San Diego. Opportunity has never been a question. The question is, is he healthy? Well, he's healthy now. He's going to be the starting running back, probably getting the majority of the touches from the backfield on Sunday in a great matchup. Uh, like you said, Austin, a guy who's going to be heavily involved in that game script. Uh, I honestly, uh, well, maybe this is just me hoping more than anything, but I think he's in for a bulky Bafo day on Sunday. Ooh, I forgot you should make that uh, trademark. Bulky yeah. Bafo? Yeah, Baffo bulky? Copyright? Trademark? I don't know.
1: Hey, what's uh, Austin? Is it a trademark or copyright? Well, trademark. Oh, no, both. You see, he sells licensed equipment. You
0: want to know why he's saying? Our show is not Austin's, copyrighted. Austin's saying both, so that when we actually print out the, the documents, we have to put the TM and the C next to it, <laughs> which is more ink, which is more for the uh, print, the printing community, which means higher sales uh, for Mr. Martin. Austin, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. We're uh, going to follow you on Twitter, at AustinRMartin84. I wish you the best of luck in the Football Guys Players Championship the rest of the way. Also,
1: I have one other thing uh bulky just like he'll be rooting just like the other 15 people we have on for the next 15 weeks he's rooting for you more than anyone else well listen
0: you know i think that you know fellow midwestern guy here that we have on the show guy, my, my, our neighbors uh, to the to the west i, I think that that's uh, austin is, is really my pick to win this year so, oh we hate those people listen, in minnesota. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for it i'm to, not at all austin i lived in, i lived in minnesota for a few months <laughs> I gorgeous that. country great people austin's a perfect example of that i wish you uh, best of luck uh, the rest of the way, man. And uh, thanks for doing the show. I really appreciate it.
2: Appreciate that. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks, Austin. Austin Martin, he of the leading team in the Football Guys Players Championship, $250,000. I'll, I'll root for him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? Uh, really down-to-earth Sorry, guy. You? Why wouldn't you? he uh, brought it tonight. You know, I always like it. When, when the uh, guests come on and, and they share a lot of similar philosophies with me because I feel like maybe this year will be my year. <laughs> of course, I've been saying that the last four years. Yes, you have. We'll be saying more of that right after this when we get to fantasy feedback here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak. Uh, we'll be right back after this. This is the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The HSFF Hour is back. We are on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You can also download us: iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spreaker, everything. <laughs> Spreaker, Spreaker, yeah. I'm actually Spreaker working. Spreaker and Stitcher. We're, Those we're, guys have to be.
1: They're big competitors in the download industry.
0: I think Stitcher has Spreaker
1: pretty, pretty solidly. Stitcher's pretty big. Maybe it's because the word Stitcher is not. What the hell is Spreaker? How do you spell it? No offense, just
0: Spreaker. Just how you, It's like speaker, F-P- speaker with an R.
1: So what's the, what's the, oh, whatever. Let's talk about that
0: off the air. He's Dave Gerzek. I'm Eric Balkman. I talked to I love the speaker. Right. Well I'm going to give you a chance to talk about another company that maybe you know a little bit more about and that's the fantasy football players championship. I talked about at the top of the show, uh, how thrilled we were, how exciting it was to have the football guys players championship and the main event sell out. Uh, really want to thank everybody, uh, out there showed their support for that and good luck to all of you, uh, this season. It, it will be uh, a fun year in 2016 it was a fun time out in vegas as well david it was awesome i know you brought it
1: up in the beginning of the show while i was walking in uh, walking in uh, i just want to say thanks to the miscellies for a great dinner at il molino yep former uh, guests of the show fantastic italian dinner they bought a couple of 200 bottles of wine all right i was a little bit irritated that they didn't have the breadsticks and the pasta pajula like i'm used to at olive garden i told the we didn't have a regular server we had the captain it mm. was like 65260 and i'm like well where's the breadsticks what you you asked the six five two sixty guy why you didn't get breadsticks? Yeah, I'm like, where's it? Where, you know, I'm like, you got these little wafer breads. That's you know, very good. Where's the breadsticks? Where's the pasta? Those fish are oil? better
0: than the carbs, though. On the on the wafer th- I mean, they, they probably assume that when you're in, eating an Italian restaurant, you're going to be loading up on carbs. I would want the thin bread. He, you know, and he, I think he took out that corkscrew. He was going to put in the back of my head. But yeah, then, well, it's a risky. Run.
1: He, the thing is, next year when we're back, he'll remember me.
0: Yeah. Well, I assume so, That I have no doubt. Yeah. So anyway, it was a great time in Vegas. Uh, if you weren't able to make it out live this year, uh, strongly encourage you to do so next year. It really seemed like there was, I don't know the numbers, but it seemed like there was mo- a lot more people at the live event this year.
1: Uh, yeah, it was a li- actually it was a little bit less, to be honest with you. Less, a little bit less.
0: I wa- was was it because uh, I mean the space was was bigger than Caesar's? It seemed I'm like. Not sure, I'm not sure why. I mean, uh, it just, everyone man, had a
1: great time. The food was the food, food was phenomenal. Yeah, was it was really
0: really good. I actually really enjoyed good. not having to walk a mile and a half to get to the actual ballroom. That was awesome.
1: Yeah, that was
0: nice. It actually screwed me over on steps because I planned on oh, yeah. you know crushing my Fitbit from walking to my <laughs> from my room to the ballroom to to you know for the drafts. Uh, we were right there, and uh, it you was You could fantastic. walk through the strip. That would take you a while. Yeah, that would take you a while. The, the casino is, like we said, overrun with FFPC players. You you walk past, you know, two craps tables, and there was probably like, you know, 10 or 12 guys uh, from an FFPC yeah. on them. You, you saw a bunch of them out there. It was awesome. Uh, look forward to it. Can't get here soon enough. Next yeah. year. Dude. come to the live event. It's always a great time, even if you don't know anybody.
1: Go play some three-card poker, and you'll know me.
0: And And honestly, like – you know, there's nobody knew anybody at the first live event in W but people still came out for it, you know, and now those guys still hang out and they still get together and they still, uh, you know, talk fantasy. They've become friends. Um, I've become friends with a lot of people through this too. And, and li- I, listen, I don't try, you know, it's just, I mean, like, <laughs> it's, this, magnetic this, personality it's not, the- it's not even, it's, it's the nicety of the people there. Like I, I, I normally I'm not a great friends maker, but uh, yeah, I've established a lot of really great relationships with, with players out there and, and uh always love enjoying talking to him, hanging out with them. Great time. Yeah. All right. Let's move on, Dave. Tweet, 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 tweet. You've got a question for Eric Daver, tonight's guest. Send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at highstakes at gmail at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's highstakes fantasy football at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter.
1: Every
0: First email tonight is from Steve in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. He writes, Dear Crockett and Tubbs, I own Arian Foster in three leagues and have no idea who his backup is. Are you guys Team Ajayi, Team Drake, or Team Ped? That is Steve in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Of course, Isaiah Ped, a.k.a. Isaiah Peed as we have, so, like, one of the worst is nicknames. Pat, is,
1: Pat, how, is it Pete, or
0: how do they is pronounce it? P a p a excuse me, P-E-A-D, is how the, you spell, how spell it. it. I've always heard Pete. I remember back when he was a second-round pick um, by the Rams, everybody was using, um, you know, like, team names... I, I peed when Eifert, you know, like just soup. All the, cla- stuff, like, all the smart ones. All yeah, the classy like all ones. the bathroom, hum- the toilet humor uh, <laughs> that that was included with Isaiah Peed's last name. And then for a reason, we started calling him Pet on the show. So obviously, uh, Stephen Pimeloff, Arkansas, is a longtime listener. What are your thoughts? If you own Aaron Foster, first of all, are you trying to handcuff him?
1: Well, you know, I, I, well, Ajayi got drafted in most, in most things. But if he gets dropped, I would pick up Ajayi, actually. I still think he's the guy. I think there was some sort was a you know, again, I briefly read about it, but was this more of a disciplinary type action, or was it...
0: From what from what I've... Because Ajayi did not make the... Uh, under the radar. He did of. not join the team for week one. And it sounded like Adam Gase says his backup running backs yeah. need to be able to play special teams, and Ajayi cannot play special Those teams. Those beat
1: writers in Miami are like Woodward and Bernstein for getting information. They're always out oh, yeah. there, you know, figuring stuff out. So what are they saying? They're saying that Ajayi needs to be able to play
0: special teams, and that, well, that's the problem. And now it sounds like Ajayi is going to travel with the team this week, yeah. and he's going to be... Uh, active on the roster. You know I don't like Because
1: his agent said, oh, <laughs> do you, do you want to be on the 53-man roster? Yeah. You're going to go run down there on that kickoff.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if it was a, uh, a lack of effort. I think it was a lack of
1: execution. Think of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, his agent in Miami, the baller. Right. You know, telling him he needs to be out there on special teams, explaining it to him. Well. This is how it works in real life. Uh, it's just apparently. like the show. Yeah,
0: I, it is just like the show. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, Ajay was drafted ahead of Kenyon Drake. Nobody drafted Isaiah Pede, unless he got taken in some of the DEs. No, not that so. stuff. So okay, so I will say this. That final weekend, the distance between Ajay and Kenyon Drake, as far as ADP goes, the smallest it's been since the NFL draft.
1: That's because everyone had heard the rumors that Ajay wasn't traveling and Drake's the backup for that week.
0: Okay, so that's how it happened. Yep. I own Arian Foster in several Kentucky leagues, mm-hmm. I have Ajay as the backup. Kenyon Drake was out there a lot this week. Did not pick him up. No, you didn't. Rolling with Foster and Ajayi. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if you don't have any of them.
1: Yeah, I think you. I, I think it's worth taking a stab, actually. If you it, have, it
0: depends. If uh, you have a, who's, who's your
1: twentieth man? You know, it's Treadwell, obviously, for Leroy. So if you have <laughs> Treadwell, you just get rid of Treadwell, Leroy, and you pick up Kenyon
0: Drake or if Ajayi. Well, pick I would. If I had up the up choice, Ajayi, I
1: would so. take Ajayi
0: yeah. over Drake. And Ajayi's Still. the guy you'd pick up next week, right? Okay, so there you go. Hopefully that helps you, Stephen Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Ryan in Olney Illinois, what do you think Josh when do you think Josh Doxon will take over as a target hog in Washington? And as a follow up, is it this week? Hashtag Keenan Allen. <laughs> thanks guys that's ryan and only illinois thank that's you for question. the email sorry for the keenan allen ryan yeah no kidding it's uh, just too bad you know what i mean it's just it's we'll not. get in well i know we, right. don't, we don't need to talk because we have another email specifically about keenan allen All right. but we let don't on the show on the downer with keenan we're allen, not but. we're not going to we have other exciting stuff to talk <laughs> okay. about josh doxson does he become a target hog this week I mean,
1: regardless of whether he does or not, you cannot possibly start him unless you're played nine snaps, caught one pass last week. Yeah, you just you just have to wait. You have to you y you're gonna to have to sacrifice the breakout game with Dachson, is my opinion. Unless your team is so desperate, if it's one and three or one and four and all of a sudden you think if he's
0: trending up, then maybe take a shot. But right. I can't you can't possibly do it this week. I think the the biggest thing to to realize here if you own Dachson, you're obviously hoping for big things. You got a pretty good deal on him in drafts because of the preseason injury the biggest thing to understand is you're not going to have to like start him before he breaks out, like keep him on your bench. And then, you know, once he has like, you know, that second half where he catches like six balls for 90 yards and a touchdown or something like that. Yeah. Then look at starting him next week. But Mm -hmm. right now Deshaun Jackson and Jordan Reed are controlling that passing game there. Now Pierre Garcon may not be long for a starting spot. Uh, in that offense, but Jamison Crowder had 10 targets last week. You know, Doxon's got a lot to fight through here. Yeah, if your best bet is to st- stash him, just understand you are not going to start him on that first week he breaks out. Make your peace with that, and then, roll, you know, re- reassess after that. Right on. Right. After that sorry excuse of a performance on Monday night, are you guys ready to slam down the panic button on Todd Gurley and Tavon Austin? That is Keith in Turboville, South Carolina. Turbville, South Carolina. It looks like Turbis but huh. without the S. They named it after Lance. Maybe. <laughs> I, I have not, then it would be Turbisville if if it was. Don't be so, sp- you know. Keep your semantics to yourself. Uh, by the way, as long as you are talking about Lance, um, we should mention the the Rotoviz uh, podcast guys, Peter oh, yeah. o- Peter Overzet and Pat Turan. Yeah, those guys are awesome. I'm, I'm hoping I pronounced their names right. Um, did uh, a lot of audio recording this past weekend uh, at the uh, FFPC main event. Uh, they're talking about two episodes coming out of this for fantasy land which would be awesome right. they said maybe even a third so that'd cool. be very cool now that's a uh, no that's a good podcast yeah and i want not like this one right exactly I want to thank uh, Bo Berman, Lance Turbis, uh, Blake Pyle, all who uh, got on on the audio Alex for that. Alex too, right? Alex was uh, Alex Kaganowski was interviewed on that. We had, and there's a bunch, so many other people that you know I, I don't even know that they I was going to do it, but I was playing video poker. Well, actually, uh, it's interesting you say that because Peter sent me an email. And he said he would like to still get on a Skype call with me or you for that show. Well, if not, I'm not. If I'm not at a you know
1: the, the casino up north. I'll I'll get on with him.
0: Fair enough. Thanks, guys. Rams. <laughs> Gurley, Austin, holy expletive. Yeah. Looked terrible on Sunday night. You said one, you know, it's been one game. I've always been of the belief that nobody is ever as good as they look. Nobody is ever as bad as they look. I don't believe the Rams are this bad. But, my God, if I took Todd Gurley in the first round, I would be looking forward to basketball season. <laughs> it's not quite that bad. But, I mean, you
1: know, this week you have to, again, set your expectations kind of low. I think he'll do better. I mean, I, I really do think he might actually—he might get in the end zone, 70 yards. They're playing um, Seattle. Seattle, yeah. You know what? Seattle week 16 last in, year in Los Angeles. Gurley had a good game against Seattle in week 16 last year, as I'm ver- unfortunately remembering quite well because I started Ted Ginn and uh, Randall Cobb over him in the championship of the Kentucky, which cost me some money. But he did well, yeah. and he can do well if, the, if he's just all about the offensive line and blocking and actually executing. And I. I I would still, I'd start Gurley unless you have some other options. There are other options that actually probably are better looks, but I'd probably start Gurley over like, I know it's Frank Gore, you
0: know, he's not a pedigree back, but he's got a tough matchup too. So you're not starting Gore over Gurley. Right. I mean, Gurley's a tough bench this week. Uh, are you concerned about Gurley the rest of the season, or do you think he is good enough, even in that offense, that he is going to do numbers? I think he'll do, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll
1: be a low end RB1. I think you're, he probably won't perform to the draft spot you took him, but he, He's probably
0: not going to cost you a championship unless he gets dinged up. Now on the flip side, Dave, Tavon Austin is a guy I have no problem benching this week. And he is a guy that I, I guess uh, the phrase concern with him long term is not necessarily accurate because he didn't really. I mean, he, you, he was drafted as like a borderline starter for teams. Yeah, like WR4 in a lot of right. spots. So I think that, you know, just. And what did sit, he do? My, like four for 20 or four for 30. It wasn't great. Again, you
1: know, I I think that you have to, as a WR4, he'll be fine. This week, probably try and bench him. I mean, you have to try and bench him this week. Yeah,
0: yep. Because you're not looking at him as your WR1 or anything like that. Fair enough. And uh, the other thing I'll say about uh, uh, Tavon Austin is um, this is not, you know, I know the Rams usually play Seattle tight, like much tighter than they should. I mean, Seattle should blow these guys out of the water every year, and they never do. Um, What's the line? The line's probably like... I don't you know, know what the line like is. I, this, is, a, this, is a, this is probably a Rams. I on the Rams this week. Dave, I play fantasy football. I don't gamble. Yeah. Anyway, Tavon Austin. <laughs> Do you have any stocks? No. That's gambling. Tavon, I'm sure. I, I don't know. I, like, I probably have some sort of portfolio, but I don't manage it. Um, I got but a guy. I, it's nice. I got a guy behind a guy. It's nice that. to have all that cash just so somebody manages it for you. Let's say this about Tavon Austin. Final point. If he does break out this week and crushes it against the Seattle secondary, I'm fine with you know, having him on my bench.
1: Yeah, it's probably like a 5%, 10% chance that he blows up.
0: Dear Balky and Dave, I got burned by starting Martellus Bennett in week one after I expected big things with Gronk out. Could you play would-you-rather to help me figure out something else this week? Keep up the good work. That is John in New Brunswick, New Jersey. John, anytime you want to pander to us, tell us we uh, do a great job. You know we're going to help you out. So let's go ahead. And do it. Would you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? What would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? What? Real nice. Real nice. I like it. Yeah, speaking of bathroom humor. So let's uh, do a Would You Rather this week with
1: Martellus Bennett. So he was to uh, just revisit, yeah, his outstanding
0: performance. Three for fourteen, long of five. Played like sixty some snaps, only ran like twenty five routes. So he was used uh, quite a bit as a blocker this past weekend. Okay. So, Martell. Okay, let's 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 do this. Would you rather, with the caveat that Gronk? Let's just say Gronk is out. Yes, that sounds like a good caveat for us. And uh, I'm just trending that way. I'm just checking. New England plays at. It's a one o'clock game. They're they're, uh, they're hosting the Dolphins, it looks like. Okay, so Martellus Bennett at home against Miami or Virgil Green at home against the Colts?
1: Uh, You know, I'm I'm a little bit down on Bennett. Um, Just given the way that they used him, I'm going to take Virgil
0: Green. I agree. Uh, Martellus Bennett uh, or Jesse James at home against the Bengals? You know, I I like Big Ben, Jesse
1: James, great name. And these Bengals games are usually like – they're usually high-scoring. I mean, like 35-34 is some weird crap that happens. Well, not, not really always. In the playoffs, it wasn't last year. Well, except for in the playoffs. It always is the high scoring game. <laughs> right. I'll, yeah, I'll take James. I mean, I don't know. i just am really down on Bennett. Okay, I agree there as well. Dwayne Allen
0: uh, at the Broncos.
1: I'd start Bennett. I don't think Dwayne Allen is – I think he's going to be blocking as much as anybody else. I, don't, I just don't like Dwayne Allen's talent. I haven't liked it since day one, and it's day whatever,
0: 1,200, and I still don't like it. I agree as well, and, uh, well, let's go the other way here. Well, first, let's do this one. Uh, Martellus Bennett or Kobe Fleener at the Giants? <laughs> Kobe Fleener, Mr. 1 for 8. Oh,
1: man. How many routes? Are, I'm curious. This is something where I'd try and check pro football uh, focus or something to see how many routes, so if he ran. Yeah. Do you have any idea? No. Fleener? Nope. I just know the
0: correct answer to this. And it's it's Bennett. And, and it is not bad. <laughs> Fleener, baby. Saints and Giants, the total on that game is probably like 72. I mean, Kobe Fleener could – could. and then, by the way, the Giants are terrible he, at defending he, the tight end. He could catch a second pass or a third. In the first quarter. <laughs> He's going to crush it this year. You weekend. know what? I, I'm going to roll with Fleener. You, you convinced me on that okay. one. Too bad. I wanted to do, put five on it. I'm him. not betting five on that. Too bad. That's too much money. Martellus Bennett or Kyle Rudolph at home against the Green Bay Packers?
1: Yeah, you know, Rudolph got, I think, eight looks. I'll take Rudolph.
0: I would take Bennett there. Martellus Bennett or Zach Miller at home against the Eagles? Plus he gets Bradford this week. Yeah. But who is it again? Ertz? Or? Zach, Ertz no. is out. Ertz I'll, is out, yeah. I'll, I'll take uh, Bennett over Ertz. Um, who is it again? It, it's Zach Miller mm. at home against the Eagles. Zach Miller. I'll take Bennett. Uh, Martellus Bennett or Vance McDonald at Carolina? Hmm. What's the tougher one. You know...
1: Mm. i like mcdonald he's involved i'll take mcdonald
0: final one martellus bennett or jared by the way i agree uh final one vance, excuse me, vance mcdonald martellus bennett or jared cook at the vikings bennett bennett i agree okay so there you go with this. so there's your options this week i'm still you know again we, we talk about it being one game and it is one game for martellus bennett maybe he gets involved this week i have a better feeling this week than i do uh, after last week's game. Speaking of one game, uh, Kelvin Benjamin had a very nice game. So oh, yeah.
1: I'd like to apologize for not liking him heading into the season. And uh, if he sucks the rest of the year, I'll tout how great my original pick was. But as for now, I'm apologizing. I'd, uh, I was, I think I was
0: too long. I think that's the way that most fantasy analysts do it. Right? I was, no,
1: they don't say anything. And then if they actually get it right, then they say how great they are. I got this one wrong, y'all, so far.
0: Okay, well... I was right about it the whole time, so <laughs> I think you were actually. no, I wasn't hey, guys, two early season season ending injuries for Keenan Allen, and I'm wondering if this will be a recurring theme for him since he was drafted into the n f l while nursing a knee injury as well. Yes, what would you swap for him? okay, okay, sorry, First, sorry no no, 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 no I'm gonna that's Bill <laughs> in Daytona Beach, Florida. Thank you for the email bill, and I'm gonna get to the second half of your email in a little bit. I'm in trouble now. Let's talk about Keenan Allen, <laughs> yeah. Lacerated kidney last year <laughs> knocks him out after he was on a record pace in the NFL. He was. He had, I don't know how a William lacerated Hurst. kidney factors into calling a guy injury prone. I don't either, but uh, Sports Injury
1: Predictor did, and they had him as the third highest rated receiver to get hurt. I behind, be- I'm behind only Sammy Watkins, who's already hurt. Playing and, through it. And Julio, who got an ankle injury in week one, but has also played through it in his back. It. But yeah. it's like, dude.
0: Okay, so here's the thing. Sammy Watt, 94% chance okay. of getting it. Okay, up. let's just
1: analyze this team. Sports injury it. predictor, which I paid $4 for, and Draft Sharks bought it, and then screwed me on my $4. Thanks a lot, Lenny. You owe me 4 bucks. Well, I think we're good on that. <laughs>
0: Lenny Papano, another guy we should thank this past weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lenny was actually, he got his, four, he worked for
0: $4 plus, a couple thousand, probably, And how much he helps us out. Yeah, and Lenny was taking photos all weekend uh, at, at our live events, and he sent me like a dozen uh, photos, um, and just a dozen of the many he took. Some good ones that look out in the FFPC email co- going forward, because I think you're going to see a few of them. Wonderful. Them there. Yeah. Okay, Keenan Allen. So lacerated kidney last year, he had the, the, the knee problem coming out of um, Cal, but everybody and their mother said that when Keenan Allen was crushing it, everybody was stupid to ignore that knee injury, because look at Allen now. Fantasy drafters, taking him in the first round, early second round of many leagues in Las Vegas this past weekend. Obviously, we're not concerned with the lacerated kidney. Now, you go ahead and you tell me how a lacerated kidney, and a torn ACL, which happens to even the least injured guys in the NFL on a year-to-year basis. You tell me how that somehow makes a guy more likely to get hurt going forward. I don't know what the data is on once you tear an ACL, is it more likely to tear. I've heard the opposite, if anything, but I honestly, frankly, don't know there. But you're saying he's injury-prone.
1: I am saying he's injury-prone.
0: Based on two freak season-ending injuries. Guys, how old is he, 24. Uh, yeah, something like that.
1: Okay. He tore his PCL in college that required surgery. That was in 2012. Uh, he had a he in 2014. Again, I'm reading this from a Sports Injury Predictor. Okay. Yeah. Pulled up awkwardly in week 15 game against the Broncos and had to leave with a sprained ankle and fractured collarbone. Missed the final two games of the season. Fractured collarbone. And uh, came down with a touch. You know, then they had a kidney kidney, kidney injury and now he uh, blew out his ACL. I mean,
0: these are they're they're not like. Bulky. he's not tearing his hamstring he's it. not ripping apart his quad these aren't bicep injuries these are ligaments these are body organs for god's sake <laughs> i mean you can't i don't understand how again i don't understand how st- st- stuff like that that is so freakish and just it, it, it always happens on on bizarre plays and, and and just strange happenings i don't understand like how he has a guy has a couple of these and all of a sudden he's injury bro
1: I don't know, but uh, Anquan Bolden had well, a 1%. Well, you don't know, but you
0: said he is
1: injury-prone.
0: So, he, obviously, you do know. He is. He, these are, again, I'm Everyone's really... Everyone's a freak I, injury until I'm, it happens It is not. It no, again. not everything is a freak injury. Pulling up when you're out of shape on a 40 and and uh, straining your hamstring, that is not a freak injury. That is a lack of preparation or a lack of stretching or s- somehow a, a lack of prevention uh, in doing something like let that. Just, let me just say something. Let's say... You, you uh, tear, tear a muscle once, you're more likely to tear it again, okay? Let's say, I, let's
1: say I meet you in a bar. You're a girl. I'm a guy. Right. And I start hitting on you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, how's it going? And, uh, and you're like, oh, have you ever been married before? And I'm like, yeah, I've been married three times. Just, my first know. wife got killed in a tractor incident. My second wife drowned. And my third wife, well, uh, you know, she fell down an elevator shaft when I was right next to her. Uh, but, hey, I mean, those are all freak injuries. Those are freak accidents. I mean, they are. I didn't kill him any of the time. Completely. I They're, mean, we should go out. Would you go out with me? Hell no. Yes, Be I like, would. You have three dead wives, you idiot. No. There's I, no way this stuff happens while he, he's
0: injury prone, just first, like the dead wife. First of all, not only do I disagree with you on that, it is in no way any kind of accurate analogy
1: to to to. tractor story
0: we should get well honestly remember we had dr david Geyer on the show after aaron Rodgers broke his broke his collarbone we should honestly get him back on the show and he could talk to us about the difference between soft tissue injuries and ligament tears and bone breaks there's there is a massive difference between the two i don't believe keenan allen's injury prone and the second half by the way second half of bill's email what would you (laughs) swap for him in dynasty right now we should get to that a lot I mean, I, I would give him – what are you throwing my way? Okay. Future
1: first. A future
0: first. Late first.
1: Uh, probably not a late first. Middle to early first, yes.
0: I would not. <laughs> and I own him in Dynasty. I got one offer for Keenan Allen. You uh, can guess who it's from. And I haven't responded. And when he listens to this show, two-packing. I'm not going to respond to this trade. I'm going to leave it sit out there because it's such an insult. Uh, <laughs> Keenan Allen straight up for Sean Drone. That that was his no, offer. No, no, shut up, really. Yes, <laughs> and and I'm sure it wasn't a serious offer, but the fact that it robbed me of a few seconds of my life, where I had to like stop and read that, was just it. That's, in, you know, it's that's, bad. That's hey, pretty listen, Tina and Allen owners are hurting right now. You don't need to rub salt in the wound. You know, the last thing I need to see is like, oh, a trade offer. Get kind of excited, and then you see the garbage that Two Packer <laughs> sends you, and it just puts you in an even worse mood. I don't, I don't even want. To, listen, I don't even want to watch. You want to see like a ball game? We shouldn't have done a show tonight. We want to watch football. I had no desire to watch football <laughs> tonight. I wanted to do the show. I did not want to watch fantasy or NFL football because of Keenan Allen, because of Two Packer, mostly because of Two Packer. <laughs> I'm done with This, this is it. why I'm you sorry. don't. This is why you don't make
1: offers like that. This is the frame of mind it puts people in.
0: All right, that's going to do it for our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. What a bummer. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer. What a downer to end the show, Balky. Let's get hashtag blame2packer trending on Twitter (laughs) this week. I want to thank Austin Martin, the Football Guys Players Championship leader, uh, for joining the show tonight. I want to thank the FFPC. Of course, Rob, our mutual friend and uh, producer and our audio engineer, Bryce, and you for hanging out on a Thursday listening to us, uh, downloading us later. And... Thank the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for which you can listen to this show at noon Eastern on Saturday. Uh, you can also listen uh, on demand, uh, in streaming on the app as well. Uh, we'll be back again next week, once again at 10-9 Central. Uh, very exciting uh, that we'll be back at our normal time next week. Thanks everybody for listening on Thursday, and your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. That was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
2: I gotta go because I got a drop top, and if I the switch, I can make the ash. ash. Had, to stop, had a light, in my mirror, not a yeah, Honestly, the play
0: isn't um, ignoring the trade or I should send a, an equally crappy one back to him.
1: You know, 4K has three touchdowns tonight.
0: Does he really? Yep. What a what a nice what a nice job by any drafted Forte. I hope I hope Two owns Forte in this league, so I can send him a fourth <laughs> round pick for him. <laughs>